Hello, beautiful people. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the Hello, Beautiful People podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with us another week. You know the vibes. My name is Pete George Smith, and I got Richard Atticus Martin here with me. I got James Harris White with me. I got Corey Hollywood Reed with me. You know what I like about our crew, yo? We all got three names. So, The intro, the intro hit, hit different. If we all got hit, hit him with that three name, that three name intro, that just go, that just go hard. How y'all doing, man? Man, chilling, man. Just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The th- that three name thing was just <laughs> trying to figure out where he was going with that. I'm sorry. No, that was it. I'm there good. was nothing else to it. <laughs> That was literally nothing else to that. <laughs> oh, I was shoot. like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Nope, that was it. I, I literally, that was it. It was already on my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Good stuff. So I, All right. I, so I guess y'all okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's Monday. Definitely, definitely Monday. Um, I got my first shot, y'all. All right, I got my How first. You? Um, did you get any superpowers? Are you you a mutant yet? Huh? No, no, I not. I'm good, but um, that that young man that I call my son Trey, literally elbowed me in my arm. At the ex- it's like he knew the exact spot where I got the shot. Stuff. And it wasn't on purpose either. It was not on purpose. But man, he targeted me and my son, he's a skinny dude. So like he got pointy elbows. Man, felt that. Man, that just killed me. My bad. That's all he had for me. I'm sorry, brother. All teenagers got for you when they make these mistakes. These several mistakes that they make. My bad. My fault, yeah, I, I said that a lot in my teenage years um, for various and sundry things. <laughs> sundry. I did. I got my second one today. Okay. So, How you yeah, feeling? I'm off. I'm on Pfizer up. Yeah. Yep. I'm on that Pfizer too, bro. On that Pfizer, bro. And. I think the cool thing about my spot is um, in the waiting area because they make you wait 15 minutes before you pull out. So they're not allowed before your death. Right. Um, uh, 15 so minutes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I always have this big, huge clock to let you know, you know, you know, watch the countdown. But the cool thing about it is, is they're always playing Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like for the second time, they start. They start playing Earth One Fine. I'm like the only one in the room having a good old time. Like I'm, you know, they're playing Can't Hide Love. I'm, 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 I'm good. But then I thought about last week's show, uh-huh. and I just got the chuckles. <laughs> like, Corey, it was so bad, and I'm, oh, and I'm trying to, you know, just like within my math, just trying to chill out. But I just start thinking about. 
Philip Bailey with them glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And how Ralph didn't know half these songs. That's us. Already <laughs> knew he wrote it. <laughs> Ralph didn't know nothing. <laughs> Ralph was like, that's that the whole place. Ernie remembered every song he wrote, but he didn't remember how to tune a guitar. Because C was sounding like B. And um, <laughs> it's never good. But I just thought about the, <laughs> the good time we had at the expense. Um, and it let me know this one statement is true, that everything is roastable. Yes. Amen. Say that then. One more time for the people in the back. Ain't that a word? Everything is roastable. Everything is roastable. No matter what. No, to serious, we can get these jokes off. And um, and I thought we did a wonderful job last week. So kudos to you, brothers. Absolutely. Yeah. If you right. missed out on last week's podcast, I beg you, I implore you, please go back and listen and just enjoy a good old conversation and some some funny jokes. I'm oh. sorry, man. You know that what I laughed is... at? I laughed yes. at uh, the first round, um, James going through everybody's names, and he said, Corey. And then it was a long pause. He goes, well, all right, I guess you don't want to play. And I was like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I literally remember trying to find my phone and unmuted the answer. I'm like, wait, where the hell is your phone? Where's your phone? Where's your phone? Where's your phone? <laughs> But I heard when I, when I heard it back, I was like, I lost it when I heard that. When when George said, "Them boys are ready to go to bed," <laughs> they had that look, man. Like he didn't need them glasses till about nine thirty. He was just like, you know what? <laughs> so my, Steve, Steve, you see my readers? Hmm? I left. I told him to leave my readers right here, just in case. I'm- I'm convinced that Ralph only knows five Earth, Wind, and Fire songs. <laughs> you said, you sure it's not the OJs? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Let's, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up. I Redeem, get up. swear that was fifth dimension. <laughs> that wasn't the fifth dimension. <laughs> look, look, this is what I'm going to do. If I see Verdine get up, I'm going to get up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to put my hand in my pocket. <laughs> Steve apparently knew it. It was 1976. Oh, I remember it. <laughs> Steve had Cleveland. a I'm from Cleveland. Mary Jo Fernandez. My first Spanish girl. See what happened, right? I didn't have a mustache yet, so I drew it on. She used to call me, she used to call me Agua. Showed up there with a basket of Samoas. <laughs> she looked Samoan, even though she was Hispanic. And you start cross-representing <laughs> everything from like recent periods, so you know he lied. Like she put and my number in a Blackberry. Like, what? When she opened the door, an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air was playing. <laughs> and that was you right after that shot. That was right after I came back from Family Feud. <laughs> I was watching Crush Groove before I came over there. 
she was a housekeeper for Jim Brown. And she gave me his jersey. Like, and I rode my there bike over there. And it had a honeycomb license plate from Missouri. And that's when I told Nick Cannon that love don't cost a thing. <laughs> Bam. Bam. <laughs> and I quoted her the lyrics of that very song. Oh, man. Mm. I, I told her I would cameo in that movie someday as somebody's uncle. Look at me. Dead. And then, then she two-way paged me on my Motorola. <laughs> I'm Cleveland, y'all. No, 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 no. I'm from Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland. Cleveland, y'all. Cleveland. LeBron you hear just me? won the first championship. <laughs> I oh, remember his mama. She used to ride James my bus seven. every day. Gloria James used to sell quarter waters outside the studio we recorded the Steve Harvey show. Like, wasn't that in LA? Yes. Wait, okay. And Gerald Wilkins had drove me over there from the <laughs> I see where y'all are today. I see where y'all are today. That's you. Craig Elo's mama brought her to my house as a favor. Right when, right when Ernest Bonner fumbled the ball. Oh my gosh. This is before we knew that Mark Price had a brother. Fia Fidal gave me some jokes to give. And what I did was I combined the lyrics from Love's Holiday to Thuggish Ruckus Bone. (laughs) I knew them boys before they had hair. Oh, gosh. They used to be he down at the boys club. He was boneless. <laughs> Did you know? Well, let me tell you something. Thugs, bone thugs and harmony was boneless before they met me. They was just thugs and harmony. <laughs> just boneless <laughs> nugget. <laughs> but see, I'm from Cleveland. I told them, well, y'all, y'all kids, y'all chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> y'all need to be bone thugs <laughs> and harmony. <laughs> Y'all from Cleveland. Thugs so and harmony. <laughs> that just can't be thugs and harmony. Without the boat. Come on, man. I'm Cleveland. And where did I get the harmony from? Earth, wind, and fire. There it is. You see how it all looped back around? <laughs> Ron was on Everything. my boat. <laughs> I ain't had no job. <sighs> Ernest sat on the the couch like, I wish I was on the boat. (laughs) I met Kerry Washington out of Sinbad's. (laughs) It was the night I was on Def Jam. (laughs) I was hosting MTV's Rock and Jock. Oh, my God. On VH1. And that's when I met Cedric the Entertainer for the very first time. <laughs> it was 1999. Didn't y'all have a show together? Yes. He had a Flint Tropics jersey on. <laughs> With some British knights. 
And that's why I gave that white boy that name Bullethead because you wouldn't listen. Oh, if God. You, Craig Elo's mama dropped off <laughs> Bullethead to the set because they cousin. Cleveland. Oh, boy. That was great. Kudos to you, gentlemen. That, that so. just add on, add on to the story. Kudos to you, gentlemen. Y'all murdered that just now. I was an extra on Kula High. <laughs> I was sitting in the bleachers. If you if you you see me right as right as preachers running down the street, I was right there. <laughs> Did y'all know that Coach's original name was Cobred? <laughs> Coachella. I told him they couldn't oh. use cornbread because that was already in the movie that I was in. So I said, Cold Cheese was better. The rock that Stoney hit Cold Cheese with. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's too much, though. Because <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Oh. I immediately gave Glenn Turman. Aretha Franklin's phone number after they finished shooting Cooley High. And that was right before she smashed my little king. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Luther King never even slept one night in his life till he met me. And guess what? Had a dream. I'm from Cleveland, y'all. <laughs> and we had a dream. You know what was playing? Boogie Wonderland. Cleveland. You know that. That's you know why that I belong song, here. You know that song "Footsteps in the Dark" inspired the marches. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I belong on this show. You're asking why I'm supposed to be. Hell, that's why I'm here. Because <laughs> it wasn't about footsteps in the dark. Literally, it's about black people walking. That's what it's about. From well, Cleveland, I second to the verse. Show tonight. Well, the second verse to In Between the Sheets for Piggy Grill. I met her. All right. That, okay. Mm. Do we have any itinerary for the show? Today? Yo, I'm trying to transition, but this is. Okay. Oh. Okay. I'm crying. I also I crying just... at, at Rich's Ron Isaac impersonation. That will come through in last week's show. It was fantastic, Rich. You did a great job with that. Nah, Absolutely. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate it. You know what I got in this no. game? <laughs> I honestly thought he was playing a video last week. I thought he was playing an uh, audio clip. Nah, what I asked, what I asked, does anybody know what Jasmine <laughs> Dave said? Not a clue. That response was so funny. <laughs> what is Jasmine? <sighs> I'm the rock, rock, go get it because she outside running. <laughs> that was funny. Because I, I have taken, you know, classes in you know in school. And so I, I remember I know what's supposed to be in the brain. I never saw Jasmine in there. Mm. Now I used to think about Jasmine guy a lot when I was a kid, you know, absolutely. Understandable. Day. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, but I didn't know it was, you know. You so just flow through it in your mind. I didn't know that. So wait a minute. You just you just sparked the question, James. So you brought up Jasmine Guy. So who was your 
favorite female sitcom? Like you just black. Are we doing favorite different world or just overall? Overall, you you Oof. pick from anywhere. Sheesh. Can can you can you shrink the field a little bit? Yeah, you got to uh, shrink the field. That's why I was <laughs> black ones. Then how about that? That you got, still got to shrink the field. Still got to shrink the field. What the heck? Do like eighties or nineties. All right, let's start there. We'll go eighties first, and then roll up to the nineties. How about that? So start with the eighties first. Well, first let's let's do this. Let's first give honor uh, to Thelma from Good Times. Let's just start there. Oh, (laughs) the epitome of black don't crack. Right. Let's just give honor where 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 it resides and lives to this day. It is Bernadette Stannis. God bless you. Eighties. Hard to recover from that one. I'm just saying. Eighties. You know what? I'm gonna give y'all one. Y'all remember the show Head of the Class? Mm. Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Robin Gibbons. Yes. I was sprung, boy. And I rem- I used to have like my 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 church was downstairs from my house. So like literally I would run upstairs after Bible study on Wednesday nights just to catch head of the class, just to see her yell. Mm. Yo, you brought it back with head of the class, bro. So if we well, that was your eighties pick, head of the class. That, that's my eighties pick. Uh I'm gonna go Lisa Bonet, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lisa Bonet. Yeah, she was Beyonce of my day. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. for me, because mm. I agree I'm with look, both of yours. I'm looking for um, you to say one specific one. I I had many. Um, oh, what? I did, but. Just to say one of y'all haven't said because I agree with both of yours, but Holly Robinson Pete for 201 Drum Street. Absolutely. Ooh, yeah. 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 You know what? And I don't know if because of the show, but I had a crush on Tootie from Facts of Life. There it is. That's the one I was waiting for. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Yeah, she feels family is blessed. <laughs> Shoot, you could throw Regina King in there. Two two seven. Oh, was two two seven eighties and nineties? Yeah, no, I was eighties. It was eighties. Jack A too. Yep. Jack A. Jack A was trying to mess up a generation of young men. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> she was trying to jack up a generation of young man. You could tell her nothing. <laughs> Had old what was um what was Martha Gibbs' husband Dave? Lester. 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 <laughs> Had Lester stressed out. <laughs> you got that heat <laughs> coming into the house every day. You got me. <laughs> Lester was under pressure. You hear me? <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> 
talking all high. That wasn't me, man. That wasn't me, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That new mustache started flaring around. Oh, so you got less to get stressed out. Hey, gray hair is popping up. So I'm, oh. going to work. I'm working overtime. Like, I can't take this. <laughs> Bye, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go, Mary. Can't stay here. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. Oh. <laughs> Yo, let that, but females coming through the house. <laughs> he was the only dude in the whole building. This is only in the only dude in the whole building. Bro. Oh, gosh, Jimmy Calvin. Calvin had the unprocessed Gerald Curl. Oh. He but wanted to be Ralph Trez, Trez, Trez Van so bad. It was three dudes. You forgot about Stoney Jackson. Stoney Jackson. Golly. Golly, man. Yo, Stoney cool. Jackson looked like he used to be in Force MDs. <laughs> Dog. That man doing all the cocaine. <laughs> that, that, that Why cocaine you loud? Too. You just loud for no reason. Like, this is a tender moment. Why are you still loud, Stoney? I love you too. Like, wait, Stoney. Lord. Let's take that Stop again. Twitching. You back the boom mic off Stoney a bit. Like, <laughs> we love the energy, Stoney, but just bring it down a little bit, please. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Be still. I love everybody like Stoney. <laughs> Somebody hold his hand, give us some water. <laughs> Oh, just want to break dance all the time. Just want to break dance. Stody, Stody had bangs back in the day. It was funny. Never, bang. You never saw his eyebrows. You just look angry though. He like an extra from Thriller, but never take his makeup off. <laughs> oh shoot! Stody looked like he was the first Ice Cube before it was Ice Cube though. Stony's name was perfect. <laughs> Zach Stoney. <laughs> oh, God. He was all there before. Anything is roastable. Didn't we say that at the beginning? Anything. Yeah. Anything is roastable. If, I promise you, people, if you live your life in that anything is roastable zone, you'll have so much more fun. Yes. Yeah. See, Stoney got that name because that was the same route they had coaches with. I knew Stoney. <laughs> yeah. These were Shaker Heights. It was Stoney not, and Pebble. Not Shaker Heights, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> we rode the bikes together. <laughs> he had the Wisconsin license plate for the Honda Cone. And I had saved up just enough money. Y'all mine. thought y'all had thought $5. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> About the Earth with the Cloud Tape. $4.11. I had $2, one roll of quarters, and the rest was nickel and dimes. I got a burger. I got a burger, small ice cream, cherry coke, and a, and a honeycomb license plate, and a fried apple pie. They 
They don't fry the apple pies out here no more. They'll fry them in England. I hate, I, my fry apple. I hate my French fries with a wooden pitchfork. You remember those? <laughs> Jesus. They get me in, in a container that was red and white. <laughs> who who told me that? Steve Harvey or your, your uncle at the um the family? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at McDonald's and it gave me a crown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. <laughs> y'all, don't, y'all don't remember when the Happy Meals used to come in boats? I used that same boat to go to an Earth, Wind, and Fire concert oh, over in Jamaica. That's the same boat they gave Alan Iverson. My goodness. This boat came with french fries. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't left. Me and Corey just absolutely leave. Oh my gosh. Ooh. That is Yo, funny. How, Yo, how do we get back? I'm crying. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I first met LaVita Alice. Right, let me, I'm not going to do that. Oh my. Mm. Yo, George, why are you always getting halfway out the door just to go back inside? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is too much. I first met Levita Alizé Jenkins in 1981. <laughs> At a crisscross concert. <laughs> Were they bored in 81? Yes. I was the one who told her to put their clothes on backwards. <laughs> That'll get the warm it up, Steve. I said, I'm about to. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't for Jermaine Dupri, I would never have a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, y'all stupid. See, see, y'all don't remember. I met Jermaine Dupri when he was on the Houdini video for Freaks Come Out at Night. Oh, gosh. I have red members on the jacket. Ralph, let me borrow it. He don't remember though. <laughs> Steve Harvey, if you listening, we just want to say, um, we sorry you was lying so much, but we appreciate you. <laughs> That's cap too. <laughs> you know there was a continuation. Now this is real. You know, it's a continuation of it. They legitimately want a tour of them. <laughs> I saw this video on YouTube and I should have sent it to y'all. How about Eyes the Brothers, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Ohio Players, and Steve Hawks. And they said Charlie Wilson, too. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, and then Ron Osler had suggested that. They have two stages, one for all the bands and then the, the other stage for the Kings of Comedy. Hmm. Hmm. Which, and that's when you know stuff gets out of hand because <laughs> the 
It's like, okay, this is a great, this is this is a cool idea until y'all talk, start talking way too much. Okay. Nobody wants to see the Kings of Comedy and these old bands together. This is not what we're asking for because we don't want to see the Kings of Comedy without Bernie Mac. And on the third stage, we're featuring the high tops where we'll do our hit when the funk hits the fan. Man, that could I got be that song from Ernie Hasley. That could be funny though, but I don't <laughs> want to see any iteration of the Kings of Comedy without Bernie Mac because. Nah, they can't Burn do that again. Nope. Burn it with the killer. They can't Cold. do that. Yeah. Cold killer. Absolutely, man. I would never want to see them try to recreate that without him. Or they got to just no. call it something else. They got to call it something else. Don't call it the king. No. <laughs> Steve Absolutely, and man. Yeah. When, when, when I, no. There's not, but I will tell you this though. There's one person who, if they, if they, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll say it this way. It will never be the original King of the Comedy. Right. Because, you know, that was prefaced in the, in the packaging there. Mm-hmm. The original Kings of Comedy. And I will also say, still 20 years later, that entire thing is still hilarious. You, you know, every hilarious. joke is coming. You know, every joke is coming and it's still funny. Okay. Um, but, if there's one person that would take the spot, they'll never replace him. But to fill in that spot, Dave Chappelle. Mm. That would be incredible. Dave Chappelle, to, Dave Chappelle to me is like Dwayne Wade in this sense. And I always said this about Dwayne Wade. Whenever Dwayne Wade was on, it didn't matter who else was on the court. He was the best player on the floor. That's a fact. But he was when he was on. It didn't matter if LeBron was there, Kobe. Didn't matter when Dwayne Wade was on. Yeah, he was the best player on the floor. And Dave Chappelle. It doesn't matter who else is in the room. I remember that Def Jam twenty five years celebration they did. Man, he killed. Man, and he's like standing next to him. Like he's, and that's the thing about that about Dave Chappelle that I love the most. He's genius in spots where there's no script, there's no text. Like he brought his genius to a place where they played. It was a segment of, uh, it was a serious segment, and they played some really happy music. Right? Isn't that what happened, Dave? Mm-hmm. It was like time to get rough on the South Side, and it was like Bing, 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 Bing. bing. And then, like, Dave turns around and he does the thing. My favorite thing that Dave Chappelle does when he tells a joke and it cracks him up so much, he slaps his leg in the mic. Yeah. That's, like, the confirmation. If you've never watched Dave Chappelle before, I've never noticed it before. When he's genuinely tickled and enjoying something, he's going to hit himself with the mic. And that's when you know he said something very funny. Man, let me tell you. When they went, and I I appreciate DL because DL caught on, realized what was going on. But Dave Chappelle drove that, drove that thing, man. That thing was stupid funny. And when um, DL eagerly tried to say that black people didn't know the the lyrics to "Let Every Voice Sing," and (laughs) Dave Chappelle actually started singing the song and leading the whole crowd into it, and made that funny too. It's like, yeah, he's the best. 
You just you yeah. just clowned the dude next to you. you took his joke, mm-hmm. turned it on him, did the song and made it funny. Yeah. Nobody, right. no, when he's on, don't nobody want to see him. Not, nope. not, yeah. not living. What was the first time y'all seen Dave? Like first first time like seeing a stand up anywhere. A Def Comedy Jam. Def Jam. Yeah. Okay. But he wasn't in the element that he's in now. Right. He no. was way more yeah. animated. He was like, he was a young dude. But yeah. no, but that, that, if I remember that, um, Def Jam, like, when he came up, when he said how they came up with the N word, and then he was said there was now how white people was using it in a sentence. I said, yo, this dude is smart. Like, mm. like walked you through the joke, and then when you finally hit you with it, it was like, "Oh no, that was hilarious!" You know, everybody yeah. else was like, "Punch, punch, 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 punch." He was literally walking you through, and then when he got there, it was like, you could appreciate it. Like you could really just like you felt like you was actually there listening to this man. You could picture like, yeah, I could see a bunch of white people in the room talking about the n word and how he came up with it. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't realize he was legend until the DC special when he had oh. on like the. That's the one I was going to say. The DC one was mine. Yeah. That's when I realized he was legend. Is that the one with sprinkled a little crack on him? Um. Was that another one? No, that is. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's that one. one. And the crackhead, yes. um, he thought the crackhead stole his um chocolate, but it wasn't. What's what's all this chocolate on your face? Chocolate, <laughs> doo doo baby. <laughs> what you get out the streets, baby? What you doing? I'm selling weed, nigga. Like, oh, <laughs> drugstore, liquor store, drugstore, liquor store. Where you taking me? I was just like, yo. There's this another dude. comedian. There's another comedian that I wish would have got his shine before he passed because he was just as funny. Robin Williams. No, no, not 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 Robin Williams. Robin, oh, Robin, okay. No, Robin, Robin Williams is it's hilarious. But Patrice O'Neill. Man. Oh boy. <laughs> that dude. Going too soon, Patrice. Going too soon. Patrice was rough, boy. <laughs> Ooh. And you know what? I wish they would have used him more on the office. Because when they gave him a little room, he cooked. Yeah. I don't know if you remember him on the office, but when he was up there, <laughs> man, I'm a, I'm the Indian, I don't know if y'all remember the Indian girl, um, Kelly, and and uh, forgot that her boyfriend name. But it was in the office. And Wait, she was like, you want how say it again? Wasn't he downstairs at the basement somewhere? Yeah, but then he came up. Remember they had the um the training where he had everybody upstairs. And she called him a sea monster. <laughs> and then Patrice was like, Yeah, you won't want to swim with this sea monster. <laughs> that that oh, makes gosh. that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. I'm like, shut up, sea monsters. Like, yeah, you want to swim with the sea monster, yo. He like his cadence, like the way he talked, it was just 
it was just good. It was just so good. Like, and I guess for him, it was needed for him being a black guy from Boston. So he needed all of that, yo, just to live because goodness gracious, a big brother from Boston? You got to have some thick skin to live, live there, yo. Oh, yeah, Boston of all places. First time, first time somebody, first time a white person ever called me a nigger to my face was in, in Massachusetts. My parents used to um take us to um Cape Cod for vacation. And um one trip, one trip she took some kids from church with us too, so we could have like extra fun because they knew we would be bored sometimes. Um, so they brought some eggs. So we were just out like going to the store getting something to eat. Car full of teenage white kids pulled up on niggers. Mm. We chased that car down, but as, as stupid as we were, we didn't realize it was a car and we were on foot and the car was going to win. <laughs> we, <just laughs> we tried to chase the car down and eventually the car won. So, but I mean, that, yeah. that that's a racist place, man. So Dude. that what kind of built him to what he was, yo. Yeah. Nah. Patrice on there, that ain't a bad, that ain't a bad one. But Patrice, I remember when he did a um my girl at the time, she was hosting a you know how college used to have like those big spring spring festivals where they would have like artists and all that other stuff come up. Um Patrice hosted he was like he was like the special host. And he was backstage, she introduced me to him and everything. And he was mad cool. But when he got on stage, that nigga, as James said, everything is roastable. That nigga roasted me the entire show for being an overprotective boyfriend. He was like, I try to out this nigga. And he straight face, like, yeah, what's up? I said, relax, I'm a comedian. You ain't got nothing to worry about. But it, like, he roasted me the entire show. And I was like, I laugh because I'm like, it's funny. I, I ain't going to cry about it. Nigga. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy, yo. Well, speaking of legends gone too soon, over the weekend, we lost one of the greatest rappers in hip hop history. Uh, the rapper known as DMX, Earl Simmons, passed away at 50 years of age. Uh, gentlemen, what are your favorite? Songs, favorite moments, favorite thoughts of DMX. We want to share those on today. I'm gonna just use one. Go ahead, Corey. My bad. Oh no, no, I was gonna. I was trying to wait it out to see who was going. Uh, (laughs) I I remember this, and it only came up in a conversation that me and my friends had when we were talking about X this week. Um, You forget how much like artists impact you at a certain time of your life when it's dark and hell is hot came out i was in high school and my english teacher told us we had to do like some drastic poetry reading and i chose the prayer from his dark and hell is hot and i didn't remember that until like we were talking about it and i was like oh shoot i did use the prayer as like a school project but I remember vividly like 98 and 
I remember having the It's Dark as Hell's Hot CD and a flesh flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood CD and going back and forth with those CDs and my CD, my CD holder. But all I could remember about, like, in a good way, there was Hole, there was Mace, and then there was DMX. It was something that I had never really, like, a voice like his I hadn't heard before. I remember listening to him laughing at the barking and all that stuff when I paid attention to him and his rhymes and the words. I was like, oh, this nigga's actually dope. And when he put Flesh in My Flesh out the same year as, as Dark as Hell is Hot, I was like, what, not to be funny, because I'm not trying to be, I was like, what drug is this nigga on that he got yeah. three albums out in the same year? Like, to do the, three albums in two years is ridiculous. And two of them to come out in the same year um, is crazy. But I, I don't want to take up anybody else's thing. But me vividly remembering doing a prayer for my high school English teacher when he asked us to do a reading was like one of the things that came back to my remembrance and made me smile. Think about X. Um, I just remember being in school and hearing this record called four, three, two, one. Uh-huh. And <laughs> dude, like, I'm like all like my favorites are on this record, like L and Matt and Red, and like you know, back in the day they would always used to introduce somebody to the to the world by featuring them on the song. And this dude got on this record and killed it. You knew he was wrong, but you asked for it, baby. Unique voice, unique flow. You know what I'm saying? It's like like Corey said, you kind of get caught up in the stuff, but then, you know, when you start listening, I'm like, oh, this dude is talking. And, like, um, I think it was, like, I never, I, I'm going to be honest with y'all, when I got back home, like, and I started, like, getting, you know, when I got back home from school, I was really heavy in the church, and I kind of stopped listening to rap. Like, I, I I did when I was in college. So I really missed a lot of what was going on with X album wise, but I would still hear the singles. So like the get at me dogs and the all them junks. I'm like, yo, this dude is impressive. And then he went from acting, I mean from rapping to acting. And like, I don't know if y'all remember. I don't know if y'all remember the show Eve. But one of him, my one of my favorite um, times of him being an actor, he was a tattoo artist on Eve, and it, he was literally playing himself, but he wasn't himself. And the dude was trying to get a tattoo, but was scared to get a tattoo. So as the dude put one line, as DMX put one line on the guy, he screamed and jumped out the chair. DMX like, get you, get you. I can't say what he said. <laughs> I wish it was Thursday. I will say what he said. He basically told him to get the hell out of the seat. <laughs> he just yelled at him. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, so, it, like, this dude, like, had levels to him. And, like, I saw, um, 
I saw a video from Swiss Beats and that kind of like brought to light a lot about DMX. He was like, yo, he was like, he would literally pray for everybody else knowing that he would need prayer more than anybody else. And that's, that's something. That's something. So salute that man, yo. And she's just praying for his kids, yo. All I can remember, like four, three, two, one. That was a that that was amazing. And I'm like, again, nobody. I didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. but all I know was like, whoever this dude is, he is holding his own. But then when we heard "Get At Me," dog, yeah, like like that was like. Now it's funny because I was in college when that came out, so. When we was um, <laughs> trying to come up with music for the layup line for the basketball games, <laughs> that was definitely on there. And we would go sick in the layup line. Like, we was dunking. We wasn't supposed to. But that song just got us <laughs> <laughs> So dudes is pulling out the stops, reverse dunking. One dude tried to do 360, my boy Rob. And it was like, you just remember coming around the layup line Quoting, get at me, dog. Niggas start barking. What the deal? I was like, and it was so, it was so like infectious. The crowd would start getting into it. The other team would even start like, it looked back, you see them dudes over there mouthing the words and stuff. So I'm like, yo, it was just dope. But then, like, to kind of see, like, like he had a full range. He'd get hardcore, then he could go. Thug love, if you want to, if you want some thug love. To me, the games are being played. Is how it's going down. If it's all yeah, so rich, go down. <laughs> rich, they let y'all play the uh, unedited version of Get Me Dog in high school for your way of life. No, I was in college, bro. Oh, you said college. You did say college. Yeah, <laughs> different story, bro. I was about to say, wow. <laughs> nah, come on, man. It's a pretty they progressive school Onyx, there. Though. They let us play Onyx in high school. So. No, well. Well, yeah, so, but nah. But that's like the my edited version. Huh? I said the edited version of Get At Me Dog is just the chorus, nigga. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> bro, no. <laughs> bro, no. <laughs> bro, no. Literally. And I, I think we got away with it because nobody was really, really paying attention, but we knew. So it was like. Cause we we had an issue anyway. It was like the music they was playing. It was like like soft rock, and you started hearing like not even soft rock, but it was like Blink One Eighty Two and stuff like that. And it's like this is not what I want to hear before a basketball game. So when they let us come up with that playlist, and they threw that on there, it was like all right, we set, <laughs> we we can go. And I remember we tried to get them to come to. Um, come to our school for our spring weekend but I think he ended up going to UConn so we ended up with like who we ended up with oh we ended up with Outcast. so it was like that was a big weekend but um nah I just remember I was like nah Def Jam's roster with him on it was was um, like it was almost unfair yeah it was unfair because you had Jay you had Red and Mess, you had 
You had Ja. And then who else you had on Def Jam that year? Shoot. Remember it like uh, there were so many people on Def Jam's roster, they legitimately had to do they had to do a hip hop just for Def Jam and then they had to do Def Soul. Yeah, because who did they had to do Def Soul just for just for R and B. Yeah, yeah. Def, there, there was, was a Def Soul like or something like that. Yeah. But all I know was, like, him being on that being on that roster was like incredible. It was like, nah, you if you're gonna get everybody record on Def Jam, you definitely had to get an X record because it wasn't complete. So mm. I ain't afraid to say it as a J fan. X was the anchor of Def Jam. He, he actually saved Def Jam uh, when he came out. Def Jam was on a brink of uh, not bankruptcy, but they were on a brink of phasing out. And when DMX came through, um, if y'all haven't watched the Chronicles, Rough Riders Chronicles on BT, I please, please uh, watch that joint. But they tell you that um, Leo Cohen, basically when DMX album came out and the energy that came behind DMX album put like life into Def Jam. And Leo was actually the one that made a bet with um, Y and D, the Rough Riders founders. He told them, I give you a million dollars if I can put another album out by November. Because um, yeah. DMX kept the lights on in the building and they knew if they could get another album in the same quarter, that they would be set for the year. So yeah, him him being an anchor as a, as a J fan, it don't, I, I don't, it don't hurt me at all to say that X was the anchor of Def Jam, uh, 98-99. Two number ones in one year, fam. Platinum That's number one. Stupid. Yeah. And That's now, this is, he, this he is not the, he came out, did he? Like, this is not the laptop SoundCloud music era where anybody could sit down and make a record. Like, this is different. This is not oh, now. Nah. nah. There was there were some there were some killers there that would got you up out of the paint. You would have been a one hit wonder. And the spot that he owned, it was like if you already had people there and he came in last, you believe like, the door's closed, you forget about it. <laughs> you forget about it. Like these and I I guess I hate that this happens when he's gone. But I'm sitting here looking at his top songs right now on Apple Music, and I can honestly say that I'm like, I literally rocked with all of these junks. Like Rough Riders Anthem. Party. I, I'm I'm so happy he got party up, bro. Here's the reason why I'm got I'm happy he got party up. You know how much mailbox money he got from party up, yo? <laughs> While like Party Up might not have been any one of our favorite songs, you know what I'm saying? Like a Party Up, like at the time, like let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I mean, for those of you that listen to the podcast, y'all know I love God. I'm saved now, but back in the late '90s, I was trash. So if I heard Party Up and I was to some club drunk dancing. I mean, in, enjoying myself. That that was the song for me. George, <laughs> that, that's some that's some white people's favorite DMX song. 
Like some white people don't know DMX outside of cardio. But that's the point I'm trying to make, bro. You know how many movies and TV shows and commercials that daggone party up was in? You know how much bread he made off that, that joke? And like that was back in the day when like, you know, like video shows, like, you know, you got the, the number one song of the day got played. Like I was tired of party up back in the day. I was sick of it. I was like, all right. All right, but like, like, watch, you're gonna see it is gonna keep on happening. There's gonna be a commercial for your the, the next action movie. Bam, 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 bam. You're gonna hear it. <laughs> as much as I give Swiss a hard time, I think it's infectious. It is. It's literally infectious. Like it was ended up in sermons, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to, to, to step out. It's all good, bro. Yeah, but um, uh, y'all remember '97, right? Pop, big, gone. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a huge void in hip hop. Like, I don't think people remember y'all can, but people remember. Hip hop was a very um, still treated like a niche product, you know. Now today, it's like the pantheon of society, but still back in the nineties, it was a niche product. Um, and um, the whole East Coast West Coast wars were popping off, and then it culminated with the loss of two giants, and you know, it looked like we were in limbo. There was a time that P Diddy was like the huge hip hop artists we can't have that come on now this is what are we doing mm. <laughs> what are we <laughs> the, 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 the south wasn't popping yet you know nobody from the midwest was popping too hard um and so we needed you needed a front guy you needed a face to it you know buster had just come out jay had just done reasonable doubt but you know they weren't they didn't have the same weight as a pac or a big you know um, now I say the Omatic, but it still wasn't the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, and that's when his um, second album had come out. But that void that was there, you needed somebody to fill that void. LL had tried to come back with calling himself the greatest of all time. And sure, certainly he believes that. So, you know, George, when you mentioned the 4321 record, that was a little slight diss too. Um, I heard you. Um, but you know, he came back with the whole, you know, greatest of all time deal. It was like, okay, none of us believe that, sir. But we respect <laughs> it greatly. Um, so his four three two one record was that was his hood record. You know, that was his, you know, trying to get grimy record. And cannabis was on it. And <laughs> he scraped cannabis right up off that thing. Um, after cannabis had that line about him. And then he dedicated his whole verse to talking about cannabis. But when you heard DMX, when you saw DMX, even though he wasn't, he sounded nothing like Pac, but it felt like, okay, this is who's going to feel the Pac boy. You know? And all of a sudden you started hearing rumblings about Rough Riders. And you start seeing his face. And then 24 Hours to Live came out. Remember that from Mace? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and he's the closeout on it. And <laughs> you know, whenever you go last on the record, that means you you bring it at home. Yes. So it's him, the locks, Mace, but that was essentially that's just DMX's record now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, he comes out with a bandana on the head, light pot, you know. And it's like, okay, this is the guy that's gonna fill that void. Then money, power, respect comes. And who's last on that? It's DMX. The voice, the style, all of it. Okay, he's got to be the guy. This is our guy. So hey, he was February, on that joint with that's the joint with him and Beans. Uh, no, money, power, respect is him in the locks. Oh no, no, no! I'm King. thinking, I'm thinking, money, cash. Oh, that, but see, that's coming in '98. Yeah, because '98 was the year of X, essentially. Him, yeah. yeah, it was the year February. All of a sudden, we learn who the Rough Riders are. He comes out with that first album, and it's like we have never heard anything like this. You know, James, what I'm like James, not a, not a, I don't, I'm not saying it's a correction, but not essentially that was DMX's year. I don't care what no. Anybody who argues that is, is a fool. That was DMX's year. 98. Yes. Was his 98. Year. Yeah. It was his year. Anybody who and argues any, that is a fool. And anything that he was on, if his name was mentioned, it was because, like, <laughs> the video when Get At Me Dog came out. You never seen a video like that. The way it was shot, it was like this gray, grainy. Tight Bro, they shot that in the tunnel. Oh my gosh! With, Dude, with the like, dogs on the leash, it looked like it was what? like an old PBS video or something. Like this is the hardest video I ever seen. <laughs> if, if, y'all got to understand what the tunnel was and like inside at the time. That wasn't a place like you shoot That's, videos. You don't right? shoot videos there, bro. You nah, don't. The tunnel. The tunnel was. That wasn't the place to shoot a video. There were so many stories about the tunnel. What he turned that into for a music video, it was like, okay, you got it. Sheesh. So he was he was the guy. You know what I mean? Like he was the guy. And then and then even in that first album, being able to show the range. You know what I mean? Like, because he follows that up with slipping. And slipping sounds nothing like get at me, dog. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Totally different, totally different timbre, totally different tone to the record. And then we get that Rough Riders album. It's dark and hell is high. It's a classic. Okay. It's a doggone classic. It it's I can't say enough about that record because it was songs on that record and then the skits stood on it too. That was like we never, you know, how it was going down. He gave me something for the label, you know, and which really wasn't romantic. But was, he dropped the voice down. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so he never changed his persona. But it was, whoa. And then to do all of that and still have a prayer in it? What? <laughs> this man knows Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and he had a prayer on every record. Two number one albums in the same year, man. Like, whoo. So I'm, my, I'm at FAMU at that time. Okay, so it's, you know, Rough Riders anthem came out. That's all we were singing. You know what I'm saying? My, my sophomore and my junior year. You know, that's all we were 
you know, we were just in it, you know, when they did the remix, you know, and hearing his voice, whatever his voice was on, if it was on the Jay-Z record, you know, the money cash holes, if it was, it was, if it was Aaliyah with the back of with one piece joint, which I used to love, right? What whenever DMX's voice was on anything, it turned to gold. And to have that feeling for one year it has to has to be like the greatest feeling, right? It has to be the craziest thing. I just it, it's 50's too young. 50's too young. Cause I, I really believe, just like the same way I believe by Kobe, like they were gonna turn a corner and have their second act was gonna be as impactful as their first one. And um yeah, man. Sound soundtrack of my college experience. Um, DMX is all through it. You know, that flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood record. Dude, No Love For Me is my favorite DMX record, by the way. So. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah, no, no, no. All right, can we talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, though? Oh, that's the best version of him. Even that's genius. Like, even in that, that's that was genius. I don't know if it's like the theme, like capitalized off the moment, but that was genius. It was X being X and came out to be the best Rudolph version niggas ever listened to. Man, yeah. just got down, went high school cafeteria, banging on the table for the beat. Come on, man. Come on, man. And like, and and he got to do his verses. He did it with Snoop. This is, it's. I'm glad there was time to celebrate him, because like, I the, the thing that Swiss said kind of messed me up some more. Um, but I, I I'm happy that people got to honor him the way they did. You know. There was a lot of back and forth about, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about this with you guys and how see how y'all felt about it. How did I, I, there was a lot of backlash over the weekend because literally people were upset with people having thoughts towards DMX and like expressing those feelings and, and stuff like that. How do you guys feel about um, the the negativity that was like going on this weekend? To if you saw it, yeah, stupid. Yeah, stupid. Okay, you um, you don't wake up every day giving tribute to everybody that you know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you don't wake up every day giving flowers to everybody that you know. The appropriate time to do that is when they pass. Okay, um, we don't know who. Number one, when he was struggling, we don't know who reached out to him. We don't know who was in this world that he was turning away. All right, let's just call spades spades here. A man had a lifelong addiction to cocaine. All right, let's just put that out there. Through all of his successes, through all of his talent, through all of his ability, Earl Simmons, from the age of fourteen. When the guy who introduced him to hip hop also laced his joint with cocaine in it, the man had a physical dependency upon it for the next 36 years of his life. That's a long time. Okay. That substance is not supposed to be in your body. 
And if you've ever had a relative or a close friend that's dealt with something like that, you would be way more sensitive and you will understand it. Because I clearly understand situations that happen in my own world where people that I try to reach out to physically push me away. So we don't know who was in this world trying to reach out to him and he was pushing them away and not in a sober state, but because drugs were kicking in. We don't James, know who he had. You see what I'm saying? I, I mentioned um, the Rough Riders Chronicle and that's one of the things that he actually says in the confession, like the little confessional um, things. He said um, at 98, the height of his career, um, he was he knew that he could get to a place where nobody wanted to deal with him and that was perfect for him because that gave him time to be by himself to go on his binges. Like mm-hmm. this is when he was mm-hmm. at the height of his career uh, mm-hmm. doing tours and all that other stuff. He said he would, he would purposefully do stuff so that people wouldn't want to be around him. And I would give him time to go on his binges, three day binges where he just be in his hotel room because that was the only time he had to himself. See, and, and that's what I'm telling you. If you know anybody, this isn't, we're not talking about Kool-Aid packets here, all right? We're talking about a life-claiming drug that some are blessed to be delivered from. And even when they are and they become sober from it, they're still never the same, okay? That substance isn't supposed to be in your body, all right? And unfortunately, it's, it's amazing that he was able to accomplish all that he accomplished while still doing that if you can consider everything that he had done worldwide the movies the the even the philanthropy the ministry that he would do and still be battling with this thing so i don't think it's fair number one when somebody's going through this let's not check anybody about anything that they're saying unless you know it's cap unless you know personally that they they did the absolute opposite against somebody keep your mouth closed about these people because you don't know all right. Everybody has a right to 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 say something concerning him as long as they're not demeaning him, as long as they're not um, using this to to profit off of it or, you know, for their own personal gain to make themselves look better something like that. Just hush. Just hush. spend that time celebrating his memory, celebrate his life because it was a legendary career. But but it, talk about what you know. And, and if you can help him, why don't you? Why, what did you do? While you criticize other people, what did you do to help Earl Simmons? If you didn't do anything and you knew him, if you didn't do anything, hush. So I didn't, I, I hadn't really been on social media throughout the duration of this month. So I didn't see what, or, or hear about what happened. So you guys got to give me some context and I'll just leave it at that. Like what, what? What was happening? Like people were attacking so basically, other people this is, for having. This, this is what happened. So, comedian Lunell, you know the little short lady with the blonde hair, right? She jumped the gun and posted like a R.I.P. post to him before he was passed on her Instagram story. That led to R.I.P. D.M.X. trending on Twitter. And that led to Steve Rifkin, his manager, making an Instagram post saying that DMX hadn't passed yet. So basically, people were posting their condolences and stuff. Like, I mean, not just normal people, like verified celebrities were posting 
RIP DMX giving heartfelt, you know, condolences and stuff like that. And people were like up in arms. Y'all are so in a rush to RIP somebody and blah, blah, this and that and all of this stuff. And it was just, it got really stupid the way that people were so, like people were angry at Lunell, but then it turned into attacks on everybody else that got tricked because I was one of them. Because I, I log into Twitter, I seen it was trending, RIP DMX is first, and I, I check and I look, and like there's a link, but then I posted it, and then even as I posted it, people tweeted me and was like, yo, it's not verified yet. And I was like, shoot. And then as it went on, a couple minutes later, that's when Steve Rifkin posted the video. So I took my stuff down and I apologized, but I posted again, I was like, all y'all up here like getting at people but not adding their names is corny because y'all legitimately attacking somebody for something that they legit didn't know. Like, I just don't get it. It doesn't make no sense. And then the next day he um he had passed and like people still had those emotions of like, um, I don't know if you heard about Funk Flex. Like, Funk Flex was like saying like, People didn't check on them and do anything, but now they're talking about all right. Like, come on, man. Yeah, like, that's, don't... that's what I was talking about. Like, what did you do, Flex? You know, and it, and here's the thing. It, it's um it kind of reminds me of down here when we experienced Hurricane Harvey and people were just raking Joel Osteen through the coals about what he wasn't doing. And these people from other states, but they ain't down here. You get what I'm saying? And my church was in direct contact with their church during relief efforts, and people didn't know that. They're like, y'all in another place talking about what you think somebody ain't doing, but what you doing? You get what I'm saying? So the real people who are in DMX's world, they know the truth, you know, and they're more concerned about him than trying to check other people. I just think that's weak. I completely agree with you, fam. I completely agree with you. So, Rich, that that's what happened in a nutshell, bro, over the weekend. It's it's rather unfortunate because, like, I agree with both of y'all, but it's just something about death that just brings like, and if there's if it's somebody that we all you know know and revere, it's like, man, like yo, that it brings. Unfortunately, in some cases, like the worst out of people. Yep. Because somebody wants to be the first to know. Somebody wants to be the first to, you know, show their condolences. And it's almost in a sense, and not in all cases, because I want to overgeneralize, but like in some people's cases, it's selfish. Because, you know, and I don't know how, bro, but it's like they just want to like corner that part of the story or that part of that person's life. And, you know, instead of like putting the energy where it needs to be, you know, for his family, for this and for that, you got people attacking other people for, <laughs> I guess, for this weekend, just trying to show their love and appreciation for the man. And, you know that's that's strange, bro. It's, it's it's really strange, and I don't I don't I don't 
I don't know what to call it. And I don't know if it's the times that we live in that, you know, that you could get attacked for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's crazy. Like, I'm, be- I'm being attacked. For- Number one, it was an honest mistake because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the fact that, like, okay, you didn't know. And if you wake up and you see it trending, it's hard not to, like, oh, wow, man, he passed. And so it's like if he passed and you knew the situation prior to and it's like, okay, there was a good possibility that he may have been, like, I ain't going to say good possibility. That's the wrong choice of words. But it was like it's a possibility that he could either pull through, miracle, or he may he may pass. But when you hear it, it's like, okay, your first emotions is like, oh, man, I can't believe it. He passed. And you see everybody, you know, speaking on it. It's hard not to get swept up in that if that's what the consensus is. So, and then like I, I you know, there ain't too many people like you, my bro, who would take it like, oh, I'm, I was misinformed. I'm sorry. And instead of that being like, all right, you know, it was it was a mistake, understandable. We <laughs> should. They did it They're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, bro. Wait, it was an honest mistake. You know, I thought he had passed away. So don't, don't, don't bite my head off about it. Right. But it's, it's weird because it's like now, it was like, what, well, what do you want? <laughs> the man passed away. People are showing they love. What do you want people to do? I ain't going to hold you. I was one of those people that did the same thing. Like once I saw it trending. I was one of those people that posted yeah. on my timeline too. And I didn't take, at first when George hit me, was like, yo, it's not true. I was just going to leave yeah. it up because I'm like, it's inevitable and I don't want to take it down and didn't have to re-put it back up. So I was originally going to leave mine up. And then I'm like, nah, that's distasteful because if he's not gone yet, you could be leading somebody else on. Like, So I was like, okay, I took mine down. But I say this all the time. I don't have any close relationship Deshaun Carter, but if something happens to him, somebody better check on me. I don't know the man from a hole in the wall. But you can't tell somebody whose life was impacted by somebody else's music that they can't like mourn or grieve because they don't know them on a personal level. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Like if I, I get it if with, we know somebody who's music. Yeah. I can I can understand if somebody who cap all the time just bust up and like, okay, here they go again. <laughs> like they go that person, but we talking about, like you said, Corey, we talking about an artist who everybody knows. Everybody. You've heard his music. You've seen him in movies. So it ain't like nobody knows who he is. And like you said, it's like, you know, his some of his music was life track to some people's lives. And a good chunk of ours, you know what I mean? So, you know, if they want to pay respects, let them pay respects. But like, this, I don't know, man. I like, I've just been thinking about a lot and I don't, and I don't think this helps, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, like now we doing this? It's like, we already got police brutality. We got, <laughs> <laughs> racism we got all of these things now we're attacking people for mourning <laughs> like, 
I ain't gonna hold you, and I don't want to. I don't want to take it back to uh, last year, but when Kobe passed, I was at work, and I remember like Rich, like you said, somebody that's capping all the time. That was the person that broke the news to me, and I was getting ready to punch this nigga in the face because I'm like, nah, don't play like that. And I wasn't even. I'm not even right. the biggest Kobe fan, but I have a respect for the game, and he was a yeah. he was a part of my watching basketball, my childhood, and all that other stuff. So I'm like, don't play like that. And I'm not, I'm not even a huge Kobe fan, but that, when he passed, that's the I had that, damn, yo. And the same thing with Nip. Me and my wife were at a um comedy show for DL. And before DL got up to do his um his set, he goes, No, 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 I'm sorry. When DL finished his set, he said, Oh, somebody please say a prayer for Nipsey Hustle. He just got shot. And we was like, wait, what? Never met them, met never met these individuals in my life, but you can't tell me because I've connected with them on whether it's sports or music or whatever it is that I can't be affected for loss because that's what it is. It's a loss. Yeah, and you and it's like it's not even like you said like it ain't even about whether you know it. It's like listen, we we may be jerks, petty or whatever you want to call it, but. At the end of the day, we do have compassion. Like we do have, you know, love and you know, and we do understand that. Like, okay, somebody losing somebody is a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. So it's like if we if somebody reaches out and say, "Hey, man, you know, keep them folks in their prayers," or, or, you know, X, Y, and Z, it, it's. It's not a bad thing. It's 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 quite the honorable and and loving thing to do is to like, hey, yo, send them prayers up for for their family. They just lost somebody close to them, or send up prayers for somebody because that was like their idol. That was their mentor from afar. Like bought all their books, jerseys, CDs, or whatever it is that they did. You know, sometimes that's hard to gauge. Now you may find one that was just like, okay, you're doing way too much. <laughs> and those those people tend to stick out in other ways because anytime something happens, it's like, okay, here you go again. We get that. <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. but to kind of like you know, generalize everybody who's you know taking the time out to, you know, to pay their honor, pay their respects for somebody. And like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's like, I can't it's recall just a where time people in life. feel like they have to attack, yo. Everybody has to attack and everybody has to have, like everybody has to stand beside, behind their keyboard and attack people for whatever. And it, it really deals with where they are in life. George, um, like I'm literally, I'm literally dealing with, like y'all know that I'm an admin in this NBA Smack Talk group. At this moment, I'm literally dealing with somebody that, that literally used their wife being in the hospital as an excuse for why they weren't talking junk about a team. And I'm like, are you like, <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> like, it's, like these people, like these people, I don't. I don't understand the the nerve. I guess it's the nerve of some people and the venom of some people where, where they're coming from 
when it when it comes to certain things like it's just I guess it's better for us to just be in a carefree spot and use social media for what it is. Like for well, well, me, George, right quick, since we're here, congrats to Steph Curry, Ultimate Warriors leading I'm sorry, I said we're talking sports on his head. I'm sorry. I'm I don't know what you just said, Corey. <laughs> I think Steph Steph Curry just um passed Will Chamberlain. It is. All time, yeah, it's all time leading warrior score. You're talking about sports, we're here, and you mentioned Smack Talk, and I just had to mention Steph on your pod because you had a anyway. Congrats to Steph. So, can I so can I nip into can I can I pick apart that argument saying the only reason he got more points than Wilt is because he shot more threes? Can I say that? Nope, 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 nope. Okay. Congratulations, that's what they said about LeBron. Congratulations, that's what they said about LeBron when LeBron passed Jordan. That's what they Here said. He Here shot more threes. Here we go. Here we go. See? Congrats, Steph. Finish your point, Nick. Congrats, Steph. Congrats. I, I, prob- I, I, I literally said I wasn't going to come for Steph no more. Um. So, congratulations, Steph Curry. Salute to you, all-time leading uh, Warriors scorer. You're going to look good in the Lakers jersey next year, my door. Um... <laughs> Wait, so I'm sorry. What so this that? Is, this is funny how this all played into what you were saying earlier about social media. Yeah. Like you think about it. NBA Smack Talk is like, okay, you got some dudes who are very solid in their in their deliveries about why this person is what they are, what they are and all the things like that. Even if you want to jump virtual out from smack talking to just like anything else, it's like now this is the time where you could defend a very pointless or people are defending very pointless points. Like you were just saying, like, okay, it worked for it works for Curry because. Okay, he passes Will Chamberlain. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking a shot at Corey, but it's like, okay, he passed Will Chamberlain. Oh, yeah, the reason why he passed Will Chamberlain because he takes more threes. That is legitimate. Now, <laughs> you made the same case for LeBron. Oh, that's cat. Like, like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh-oh. It's the same thing. <laughs> like, like, let's be rational here. And it seems like it has gone out the window where it's just like, Hey, just say that's your favorite player and you prefer them over this person. But please do not overinflate the fact that when it all applies, it all applies to everybody. And if it's the same thing, it's the same thing. But that Rich, goes back that, to Rich, the, that, that is my beef with LeBron fans. That's my beef with LeBron fans. But you just mentioned not they don't know how to do that. Everything is a dig at LeBron and a celebrate. Uh, everything's a dig when it's against LeBron, but everything's a celebration when it's in LeBron's favor. They don't know how to be like, oh, well, I called so-and-so out for doing this, but LeBron did the same thing. Like, they, they can't see, like, the rationale of the nigga. He can mess up sometimes. I'm not, I don't mean to turn this into a LeBron hate uh, soliloquy. Yes, but no, it's for context. That's it's for context. That's, what you, that's, what, no, that's like, what you do. That's it's the what basis. you do. That's the LeBron fan. That's what they do. What Rich just said, that's every single LeBron fan. That's all I got. No, I, I you, look, you brought this on yourself, Corey. And I'm trying to I'm trying to like not do it. 
Oh, George, go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm trying not to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it your show, George. Have I know, it. but but I don't want to. I don't want to sports it up. I don't. We know what it is. We're already here, George. You might as well. All right. This is this is what I, this is what I need you to do, Corey. I need <laughs> you. To, I'm gonna need you to stop. That's what I'm gonna need you to do. <laughs> this is all. Listen. At the end of the day, it's all unnecessary. Ten years from now, we're gonna look at these dudes, LeBron and Steph Curry. And we all, I know I'm personally going to be mad at myself for being so angry at Steph Curry 10 years from now. Corey, you might not believe it. 10 years from now, you're going to look at the way you thought about LeBron James and you're going to feel dumb. Can I be honest with you? That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened with Kobe. I hated Kobe Bryant. Hated him. I wasn't a fan at all. He did Allen Iverson dirty in the finals when I thought AI and the PAL team from Philly was going to get a championship. He did him dirty. I hated Kobe. Not I thought he game. Yeah, the PAL team. That's what that was. Come on, Tyron. <laughs> come on. I don't want I don't want to go through that roster. Aaron McKee, Snow, Tyron Hill, Matumbo, Matt Guy. Nigga, come on. But yeah, I respected him at the end of his career because I'm like, oh, no, this nigga got game. It was an 81-point game. Made me change my tune. I was like, oh, hold on. I thought it was a typo on the screen when I saw it on Sports Center. <laughs> <laughs> I now, said, there's no up. way in the world. Now, hold up, Corey. You see how everybody let Iverson pass when he had that trash team and brought him to the finals? LeBron does it. He's the greatest player ever. He's a, that, And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like LeBron does it's it. Like, he's the greatest player ever. No, no, no. They killed, but it's like it ain't, it's not that he. I, it's an it's a, it's a it's a it's an amazing feat to go to the finals that many times. But it's like Iverson didn't get as as much criticism for losing as he did, and Island Islands only went once with that one trash team, and LeBron took several. Like I think what it is is the. I think the majority of LeBron hate comes from the Jordan comparisons. And we um, we canonize Michael Jordan. For those that don't know, canonization is like make somebody a saint. Like we, we, we make him this saint figure, this perfect person, this perfect basketball player. And the fact that this kid came out of high school and wore his number, called himself the chosen one. Everybody bought into it. You know what I'm saying? People didn't like that. And like, this is like fresh. Like, like this is Jordan. Jordan is still fresh in everybody's mind. Like you got Jordan still being fresh in everybody's mind. You got Kobe Bryant still playing at the same time as well. So you got those two factors. And then this kid just comes out of nowhere and lives up to the hype. This man took Larry Hughes to the finals, bro. <laughs> but you, I want you to really wrap your mind around that. This man took Larry Hughes to the finals. Come on, man. Like, I mean, this was before he made like the streak of um of finals appearances and whatever. Like and then got washed by the Spurs and stuff like that, but um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons because like I never 
when I was like a Heat fan, I never hated him. Like, I was opposed to him when he played my team. You get on my nerves. That dude was a beast. But like, it's just weird. I don't know. I just feel like I think I learned my lesson from the Jordan years because I hated Jordan when he was playing. But after the fact, I was like, Man, he was kind of nasty. <laughs> it like came to came to like realizing like I should have appreciated him more. So it's just like I'm just gonna get. I, I'm gonna try my best to get out of that hating basketball players mode. Um, except David West. I cannot stand David West. <laughs> I hate David West with every part of my being. Cannot stand that dude. Oh my goodness. I hope he's not listening because he is 6'8 and could beat me up. But um, <laughs> other than that. <laughs> but, but George, man, think yes. about it. Bro. Like when Jordan was playing, it's like you had like some it was like almost justified to not like him if you had a specific team. So it's like I'm not gonna like this guy if I'm a diehard Boston fan. Nah, I'm gonna go against him. I'm gonna rock with my team. I get that. But it's like at the end of the day, like you said, it's like, okay, I don't rock with him, but I do respect him. It's like now it's like, oh, he trashed. Okay, you may not you may not like him, but you can't say somebody is trash. Number one, they're in the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're in the league. Number two, whoever we call it trash, is one of the top players in the league to date. So it's like, okay, you can't be a top player and trash. Like who you what are you saying? Just say, look, I don't like him. You don't really have a legitimate reason why you don't like him. So now you nitpick to figure out why you don't like this guy. Because yeah, you really Corey. don't have a reason. You really don't yeah, have a Corey. reason. I, I don't nitpick uh, why I don't like LeBron James. I think my hate goes back to rookie season when him and Melo should have won co-rookie of the year because Melo's team went to the playoffs. LeBron James didn't. How do you get rookie of the year and your team doesn't that. go to the, the playoffs? That was my only beef was Okay, everybody's blinded that this kid is talented coming out of high school, but look at what the not to say that Melo has surpassed LeBron because that would be foolish to me, but their first year, Melo was the better player. Braun had all the hype, so he immediately got that rookie of the year almost like unanimous. Like it, it wasn't even before he stepped on the court, it was the decision of the media, oh well, he's gonna be the rookie of the year. And that's my beef. And I, I've come to respect the man's game. It's his fans that keep me hating the man. Like, it's the fans yeah. keep me nope. not respecting his game. I'm sorry, Corey. No, nope. that's where I got to stop you. That's an excuse. Don't like no, it. No, it's not. No, it's I not. Don't right. like it. So I hate it not. so much. So I wait hate a that. Oh, I hate that so much. So it's not LeBron. It's his fan. It's his fans that upset me so much to the point where I didn't. I didn't sound like that. I did not sound like that, goddammit. <laughs> it's not LeBron. It's his fans that upset me so much. Ah, that poppycock. Sorry for the strong language. Apologize. <laughs> You're filthy. <laughs> filthy. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. I'm going to have to beat if that up. If poppycock is strong language, the then you need to wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> Need to repent for saying that. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Top oh top. man, but listen, man. It is what it is. You like who you like. You don't like who you like. But I just need people to just reel it in a little bit with the. And you know it'll never happen. The reeling, the reeling of it in, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> but it's just, I think we need to let people live. We need to not need. We need to stop being so affected by the opinions of others. Like there's literally somebody punching the air right now over a tweet that has nothing to do with them. Somebody's in their house mad. <laughs> like, because there was a tweet or a post that had nothing to do with them and they took it personally. Like, that's not healthy living at all. Bro. Um, <laughs> you, you uh, it, it ain't healthy. And I think, and I got caught up in it too. So it ain't like I'm saying this too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like don't get, don't get it twisted. Like, I, I, I know of what I speak because I've been there before. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like literally seeing something like they don't live around here. How do you oh like you gotta you literally gotta check yourself sometimes? Like yeah. it wasn't about you, bro. And even if it was, if they didn't put your name to it, they ain't bought that action. So so what? Yeah, I think this whole because it's it was George, it was like a time where it was like these only these was only the discussions that you had with your friends. Yeah. You know, before social media took to this to this plateau that it is. And now that everybody has this um ability to speak and share, is 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 there are no boundaries with some people because it's like it's like finally I get to say what I need to say. And they are literally throwing up every thought that they ever had about somebody, how they ever felt, right on social media. And unfortunately, there's a few that, you know, even with trial and error, haven't filtered none of that stuff yet. So now you get all of these way out the way posts, way out of the way feelings, way out of the way mm -hmm. thoughts about something. It's like, it can make absolutely no sense, and because you know this, 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 there is this place to, you know, talk about it. They are going to defend it to the end, and nobody's going to admit that they're wrong. Nobody's going to admit that it has no rationale whatsoever. It's my thoughts. It's my opinion. It's how mm -hmm. I feel. And, and here's a kicker, though. Here's a kicker, though, Rich. Uh huh. I just got a notification from Twitter um, last month that it was my 12th year anniversary on Twitter. So you know what that tells me, Rich? What's that? This social media is not going anywhere, fam. Nope. <laughs> nope. So for, like, for me to be on Twitter for 12 years, I remember, I remember joining Instagram... I was in Houston when I joined Instagram. I was in Houston for, um, for uh, I was with Doobie for Kojic something. One of them Kojic things that be going on. Was it AIM? was probably AIM. Yes, yes, it was AIM. It was AIM. I ain't go to NAND service. I was just hanging out with Doobie the whole time. Um, literally, I joined Instagram then. That was years ago. 
So it's up to us now, even in the way we are, we just got to adjust and literally, literally know where you can go, where you can't go, where you can, where you're going to get most importantly, peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Because like, we all want to be entertained. We all want to laugh. Like if you look in our group chat, the group chat for this podcast is literally hundreds of links from TikTok to Twitter to Instagram. And we're literally making each other laugh all day long. And (laughs) it's one of the finest group chats that you would ever want to be a part of. I promise you. Like, like Corey literally, Corey literally comes in the group chat on a Friday. What's going on, y'all? What's making y'all laugh today? And we literally post stuff. It's just, it's good. So with everything, you literally have to take the good with the bad and sift out the BS. You got to sift out the foolishness. That's all it is. Don't get too caught up in stuff. Don't get too affected by these people. There's going to be times when you are bothered by these people. It's just going to happen. But what's your tolerance? And that could go for anything. What's your tolerance for something? Like, what are you willing to stick it, stick out and, and be a part of? And knowing that everything is not going to be perfect or smooth sailing. Like, if you're a part of that church, there's going to be something in that church that's going to tick you off. You're going to keep on moving churches? You're going to keep on switching churches? Like there's something that's gonna happen. Like, yeah. like people treat no nah, people treat churches like insurance companies, bro. Like, what? I'm oh, going to Geico go. Baptist. Bro, <laughs> I'm going to Geico Baptist. I'm out of here. Like, literally, like there's gonna be something that's gonna happen that's gonna tick you off. So, like, what what's your what's your patience threshold? What's your peace threshold? You yeah. gotta get in in touch with that and then know yourself because if you know that if i go on facebook the day that such and such preacher gets involved in such and such controversy i know that facebook is going to be nothing but i ain't like him in the first place posting all that other stuff hey i'm not going on facebook today boom like, yeah. if you know that that trending video, <laughs> that funny trending video just hit Instagram and you're already tired of it, protect your peace. Don't go on IG that day. Yeah. <laughs> like, protect your peace. Like, it, it's as simple as that. If you know that, like, like, it's literally like driving. It's like driving. When you see that, when you're in the, <laughs> when you're in the slow lane trying to exit and the person in the the person that's supposed to be in the fast lane is in the slow lane, running up on you and doing 80 degrees, 80, I was about to say 80 degrees, 80 miles an hour. Like, literally, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get out their way? You're just going to sit there like, nope, this is the slow lane. Like, you got to adjust. You literally have to adjust to protect your peace. Like, it, it's, 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 it's very important because, like, this is something that, the, like, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. So Proverbs literally said, you know, we're supposed to pursue peace. Yeah. Not look, not look for it. 
Pursue means run. <laughs> you supposed to you supposed to hey, like listen. I'm it's peace here because <laughs> I need it. Like you're literally supposed to pursue it at all costs. So I kind of live like I used to be. Rich knows I used to be a little off kilter person, and like I still can be that way. But I've just tried my best to say, you know what. I'm not choosing violence no more. <laughs> like, I really want to find, I really want to choose peace. I really want to find peace in all these situations. I don't know how talking about LeBron and Steph Curry led to this. But it, it, was, it, it was it was the um, outside stuff that like, you know, because of the conversation. And the funny thing is, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't nothing about the players because it ain't their fault. Like, they're... <laughs> Is 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 what we bought into? Is what we so it is the fans' to. fault? It's Corey, huh? right? It, it, it's the fans' fault. No, I it, I, I think it's the fans' fault for this for this <sighs> for this reason because yo, don't tell Corey he's right. No, 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 no. It's just it's to right. a degree. It's as long as you don't tell him he's like, right. It's like, come on, man. It's like, and I'm using my basketball experience. It's like it's just sometimes it's like. I ain't never had a problem playing a team like it's basketball. But then when you sitting like if you actually playing it, you see these fools literally get the program and they heckling you throughout the whole day, <laughs> calling out your number, like you from Bridgeport, there's crime there. And it's like, dude, <laughs> it's like I ain't got a problem with no player here on the court. But y'all, <laughs> y'all upstairs. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all do too much. And it's like, you know, unfortunately, it's like it's like Skip Bayless. It's like, hey, you hate you love LeBron so I mean you you love Jordan so much that you're willing to, you know, go at LeBron just that hard to defend Jordan. And it's like, bro, you can't even admit that he's a good player. It's hard for you to say it. And you have no other reason but because people put him in the conversation with Jordan. And it's like, bro, like, like, like Mike can be all right, but like Mike ain't playing now. So why do you, why does I have to go back to Mike to appreciate this man who's playing right now? Like he's he's playing now. <laughs> we will never know how that matchup would have gone because there's literally <laughs> Too much of a gap in, in age for that to happen. But as much sense as that makes, Rich, people I know. still won't get it. They I still know. won't get it. I know. And that's that's why I'm like cracking up about it because it's like, like we get it. We we've been there a time or two, especially when this whole thing started. It was like, George, you know, it was like I was subscribing to stuff, and I'm like, I don't think I filtered this right. I don't think I'm the guy who should be saying it. But yet you leave it up to everybody else. Everybody's all of a sudden an expert. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's all of a sudden like, you know, they got the they got the insight. What I said is right. Or look at the numbers. Look at this. Look at that. And it's like, bro, they cap stats now. So it's like none of this stuff can be pretty accurate. It's like, what it, so it's like, where are we getting our information from? And then it's like, the thing about it. We could be dead wrong. We willing to sit on, just willing yep. to sit. 
willing to sit and somebody and George, I'm just using us for example. You could literally show me, hey, look, Rich, boom, there it is. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope. And and that's and that's the moment, that's the moment of clarity right there. So that's where you have to literally say to yourself, am I going to, am I going to continue to drive this car into this roadblock? Yeah. <laughs> at a hundred, at a hundred miles an hour. Full speed. Or am I just going to say, you know what? The sign literally said dead end. Let me turn around and go home. Because there's a point where you just have to be like, all right. And it took, and it's just, it's just so funny to me. It took me a while to realize that I was literally Brandon Marshall. I was literally that dude. I was literally Brandon Marshall yelling at my friends in their house with my dreads flying in the air, telling them, no, this is not how it goes. Basketball players don't got guaranteed contract. Like literally yelling at the top of my lungs. No, not not sure if I was right or wrong. Literally fighting with all my might. I mean, it's just like when you somebody. like, yeah, when you <laughs> when you like, get them, I gotta send you, I gotta send you a video, Rich, so you can see somebody making fun of that video. Oh but when you get that, when you get that maturity, fam, when you get that maturity to just I think. When you get that majority to just stay a step away and be like, you know what? You got it, fam. Right. You got it. And it's 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 a it's such a huge blessing to just look like you got it. Whatever. Okay. Like like tonight. Literally, I'm like, I told the dude in Smack Talk, I'm like, he don't really be talking unless the Lakers lose. So the Lakers lost tonight. He has something to say. This man said to me, I haven't been posting here because my wife is in the hospital. Okay. You got it, bro. You got it. <laughs> like, like, what you want me to do? Like, okay. <laughs> like, this is the one time. Like, I've never seen you. Like, okay. All right. You got it. So it's the it, it's the knowledge and just knowing to let somebody have it and to just move on. Fellas. Yeah. We did it again. I really feel like um, we've touched on many topics. Um, I'm glad we made fun of Steve Harvey in the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> Got that out of the way. That's um, going to be a good playback. Listen, let me tell you something. I've, Bro, I've it, looked... could, it could happen again. <laughs> That's the funny part. It could, it could happen now. No. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> You ever heard of Grand Marnier? It's a liquor. 1960. It's the inspiration behind Jordan's first shoe that I happened to be there when they was uh when they when they adopted that idea because I was with Roxanne Shantae on my way to a, a Earth Wind and Fire concert. Who you think named Hennessy? Hmm. All right, let me get out of here. Thank it's you Brent so much. <laughs> That's I want to thank James White. I want to thank Corey. I want to thank Rich. Uh, shout out to the ladies of the podcast as 
always Dom, Ronnie, Talisa. Uh, we love y'all. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, please like, share, subscribe, and listen, people. Tell your friends about the podcast. The, the listens have been going up, and we appreciate y'all so much for listening. And it's all because of you sharing it with your friends and letting people know. So let's keep this going, and we will see y'all next week. Please don't forget to check out the Whatever Face podcast and the Outside the Box podcast dropping later this week. And be on the lookout for Rich's podcast. What y'all and... don't know is that <laughs> the Hello Beautiful People hoodies was originally suits. Okay. <laughs> you talk about George 350, there was 350 <laughs> buttons on the suits. And I wore this suit to an Earth with a Fire concert just to let them know, hey, I drove this fencing wagon down here. Oh my gosh. That my he dad that. used for construction. The hoodies was originally suit. I can't. No. We out, y'all. Thank you so much. Beautiful people is written right there inside of the inside pocket. It's right there, player. It's in, no, not play. It's embroidered on my socks. I'm clean. <laughs> Shoot, I know about beautiful people. Look at me. <laughs>